0: Okay, today I am reading Hydrogen Reloaded France's plan to run a green pill simulation for industrial hydrogen production. Let's get started. Introduction France 2030, deuxième partie. A couple of weeks ago, I introduced an ongoing series covering Macron's vision for France 2030, as well as the startups and industry players that will directly contribute to achieving those goals. In case you forgot, here's a summary of his 10 objectives I've linked out to a LinkedIn post that I did a couple of weeks ago. The first installment covered France's history with nuclear energy and the prospect of it playing a key role in the transformation towards sustainable energy practices. Today, we move on to another critical but certainly less visible subject, green hydrogen. As I'm writing this, leaders from around the world are discussing the future of energy policy, at the UN Climate Change Conference in the UK, also known as COP26. One of the many objectives of the conference is to secure net zero carbon emissions by mid-century by accelerating the phase out of coal, curtailing deforestation, speeding the transition to electric vehicles, and encouraging investment in renewables. Conspicuously, green hydrogen isn't mentioned. Hopefully, by the end of this essay, you'll see why that may be a strategic oversight, one that France... Plans to avoid. The questions we'll ask today What exactly is green hydrogen? How do we produce hydrogen and what is it used for? What are some practical applications for hydrogen based power and why aren't, there, why aren't they more widely adopted? How do we overcome some of the logistical complexities to produce and use green hydrogen domestically? Can hydrogen play a part in decarbonizing industry? What about general transportation or aviation? What are the implications of transitioning towards green hydrogen on the environment, economy, and international relations? Flying cars and hydrogen fuel cells. Remember in Back to the Future when Doc Brown lands in suburbia with his compost-powered flying car? I remember seeing that and thinking how cool it would be if we could really capture and utilize the energy of everyday abundant materials. Flying cars may still be on the technological horizon. Come on, anti gravity research. But we do, in fact, have the technology to turn something we have a lot of into clean and efficient fuel. I lead here with a graphic from Back to the Future. I realize now that this is my second reference to Back to the Future uh, in these essay series, so I swear I'm not obsessed with the franchise. But it's hard to get the picture out of my head of a dock landing in the driveway of Marty McFly, rummaging through the trash, and then tossing in a beer and a banana peel, and then hopping back into his space-age vehicle. Uh, definitely left a, an imprint. It's called a hydrogen fuel cell, and it's been around for quite some time. The chemical reaction might appear to a layperson like something out of a sci-fi movie, since we're so accustomed to combustion engines, burning gasoline or diesel, emitting noxious gases and particular matter into the atmosphere. But reality can often be stranger than fiction. I follow up here with a graphic of what a hydrogen fuel cell looks like uh, from a scientific perspective. It's effectively comprised of an anode, a cathode, and a catalyst, uh, which looks and resembles pretty much a, a battery, Uh, In this case, the input is hydrogen and oxygen, and the output is hot water. Um, But it also outputs electricity, uh, which allows you to power a battery. With the above configuration, it's possible to power your vehicle with hydrogen and oxygen, and the only exhaust coming out is water vapor. You could connect the tube to your tailpipe and stay hydrated on the road. You might be asking yourself, if this technology exists, why the hell aren't we using it? Well, we are, most notably for propulsion and spacecraft, but also for mass public transport, backup power generation, among other utilities. It hasn't become as commercially available as, say, electric vehicles, and even if it were, there's some behind the scenes carbon accounting that you may have to think twice about uh, the environmental impact of hydrogen fuel. So, what exactly is the hype about hydrogen? Is it actually green? and what are the roadblocks preventing us from implementing widespread usage? Hydrogen is number one. Quite literally, hydrogen is the very first element on the periodic table. Hydrogen has one proton and one electron, and therefore a mass and atomic number of one. It is the most abundant element in the universe. You find it in our stars, oceans, and atmosphere, so it makes a pretty good candidate for the perfect fuel source. If you can harness it, that is. Atomic hydrogen turns out to be very unstable, which makes it incredibly reactive, which is why it tends to pair with a twin to form hydrogen gas, or H2, of the famous H2O combo. Let's put aside the organic chemistry for now and get into why hydrogen production and use as a fuel source is making a comeback in the green energy debate. I use the term comeback because producing and using hydrogen has been around for a long time, Most commonly, hydrogen is used in refining oil and fertilizer production, two industries that have their own responsibility to bear as it pertains to pollution. But the production of hydrogen itself is energy-intensive and heavily reliant on electricity. That is to say, despite its abundance, it's not so easy to capture, store, and transport hydrogen. In France, the two aforementioned industries use around 900,000 tons of hydrogen each year, of which its production creates 9 million tons of carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere. To greenify this process, it will require a transition away from fossil fuel-generated electricity that powers electrolysis, the process resulting in hydrogen output. To benchmark progress, a spectrum has been developed to identify the level of sustainability associated with hydrogen production. And just like the periodic table in your middle school chemistry class, it's color-coded. So this graphic, I show that there are uh, four or about five main types of hydrogen production, again, color-coded based on their level of sustainability. So the OGs here are black hydrogen, which is synthesized through burning coal. Uh, There's a subcategory here of brown hydrogen, which is evidently synthesized using brown coal, uh, to be quite honest. I don't know the difference there and gray hydrogen, which uses an SMR process uh, with natural gas. So these are kind of the fossil fuel OGs of hydrogen production. And then kind of the new age, we've got blue hydrogen, which is essentially gray hydrogen, but it's paired with carbon capture. So there are carbon offsets for uh, the CO2 released in the atmosphere during the production process. And then we've got green hydrogen, which is really kind of the holy grail here, which is hydrogen produced with fully renewable energy. Historically, hydrogen production has been primarily black and gray, using fossil fuel as the energy source for production. Today, the debate tends to sit between blue and green hydrogen production. Blue hydrogen, in essence, is just gray hydrogen paired with carbon capture. Some argue this offset justifies the usage of fossil fuels, especially in regions ill-equipped to implement renewable energy infrastructure. Others, however, view it as a clever marketing exercise by the fossil fuel industry, in which they continue to supply energy to hydrogen producers and greenwash the product with some clever carbon accounting that isn't really accounted for. The alternative, and the leading choice in France, is green hydrogen, in which the electricity used to synthesize H2 is coming from purely renewable sources, wind, solar, hydraulic, even atomic energy. In principle, this sounds relatively easy. The problem is that there isn't enough renewable energy at the moment to supply the requisite electricity to meet hydrogen demand. Hence, Macron's strategic investment to ensure environmental protection, stimulate the economy through the sector's development, and maintain energy and technological independence. These broad strokes can be distilled into three primary goals. One, Install enough electrolyzers to make a significant contribution to the decarbonization of the economy. Two, develop clean mobility, in particular for heavy transport. And three, build a French industrial sector that creates jobs and guarantees technological prowess. With an expectation of 50 to 150,000 jobs created directly or indirectly as a result. I've got a chart here uh, from one of the white papers that I link out in the essay uh breaking down uh, the 3.4 billion euros that were allocated between 2020 and 2023 uh, for green hydrogen about 54% is for decarbonizing the industry uh, their number one priority the second priority developing professional uh, H2 mobility uh, or transport is about 27% of that fund and the third priority is support for research innovation and skills development um like trade schools, for example, uh, around 19% of, of that funding. You can take a look at the PDF in the essay itself. I've linked out to it. The hydrogen economy. As per usual, we'll have to take a trip down memory lane to understand our current predicament. For this, I bring you a wall of old white guys that contributed to various iterations on our usage of hydrogen for practical purposes. I will lead here with a graphic, as promised, of a bunch of old white guys. Uh, Starting from left to right, we've got Sir William Robert Grove, Fritz Haber, Carl Bosch, and Sir Francis Thomas Bacon, all of whom have contributed to the science and chemistry and production processes around hydrogen and ammonia, which we'll later learn uh, is very practical uh, in the... Fertilizer space. So we'll touch base on that in a second. The fuel cell concept was dreamed up by Sir William Robert Grove way back in 1838. Nearly a century later, Sir Francis Thomas Bacon was able to create a practical hydrogen fuel cell, like the one we talked about earlier. But in between, German chemists Fritz Haber and Karl Bosch invented and commercialized, respectively, a process known now as the Haber Bosch process for producing ammonia, which is NH3, or nitrogen plus 3 hydrogen, which is commonly used as a fertilizer and in some cleaning products. Oh yeah, uh, and explosives. This was around the World War I period when they first invented it. Long story short, the demand for hydrogen gas increased substantially, and concern for the environment in the early 20th century wasn't exactly top of mind. In addition, lack of maturity and infrastructure made it difficult and expensive for a genuine hydrogen fuel cell to develop commercial viability. Nevertheless, the hydrogen economy was born. Unfortunately, its parent was the fossil fuel industry. As technology develops and industry forms around it, we tend to get entrenched in a certain way of doing things. Complexity in supply chains, transportation and logistics, production methods and global economics have a way of imposing a sort of inertia within an industry, making it incredibly resistant to change. For example, at this stage, it would be impractical to attempt a global deployment of hydrogen fuel cell personal vehicles to the masses. Even if we had the technology and scale to make it happen, how would we fill up our tank? Who would store and transport the hydrogen fuel around the country? Would gas stations be open to investing in the transition? There are a lot of moving parts here, which is why the transition has to be gradual, intentional, and industry, as opposed to consumer first. Got a nice little graphic here of the uh, kind of emerging hydrogen economy and the various players, Uh, and there's also a graphic explaining kind of the gradual transition that Europe needs to take in order to develop a sustainable hydrogen ecosystem. So I suggest you take a look at that. For example, the steel and cement industries both require hydrogen as an input in their production process. Not only is the production process itself a polluter, but the input, hydrogen, in most cases, is itself derived from an emissions-producing process, what we talked about before, the black and gray hydrogen. By decarbonizing hydrogen production, we are decarbonizing industrial processes. Simultaneously, as the production and infrastructure associated with green hydrogen scales, costs will decrease, driving further innovation and large-scale infrastructure plays that could lead, one day, to a fueling station for your hydrogen fuel cell vehicle of the future. In a recent study on the hydrogen economy in Europe, France is poised to have the second highest demand for hydrogen by 2030, just behind Germany, which means they have a choice between importing it, at the risk of losing energy sovereignty, and at the expense of their uh, their environmental goals, or producing it, which will enable them to retain energy independence and give them the upper hand in a world trying to make sense of an upcoming energy transition. A decades-long head start. In his pitch on green hydrogen, Macron made two things clear. The first is that he won't repeat past mistakes on renewable energy. In this case, he's referring to underinvestment in the space. The second is that France has a, quote, Trump card he plans to exploit, i.e., existing infrastructure, research and implementation of green energy practices, namely nuclear energy. I've quoted a graphic here that was shared on Twitter by Alex Taylor uh, in which he says, quote, Some countries promise low-carbon energy for future years. One has quietly had it for decades. Uh, and he's got a nice graphic here that is titled The Share of Primary Energy from Low-Carbon Sources. And you can see uh, a bunch of uh, first, second, and third world nations. But France has just by far and away, since the 1980s, uh, absolutely skyrocketed past uh, the, the, the remainder of the countries. So uh, go ahead and take a look at the graphic in the web version if you're interested in that. The play here, as is usually the case with massive infrastructure projects, is to build a public-private partnership that accelerates national priorities and turns a profit. On the private side, you have legacy industry and innovative startups bringing new ideas to the scene with intent to reverse decades worth of inertia in the hydrogen economy. If you thought you were going to get through an article without a mention of a few hydrogen-based French tech companies, you thought wrong. So here I've got a graphic of, uh, I guess, what we call the domestic French hydrogen economy. Uh, Starting at the top, uh, we've got a bunch of kind of green hydrogen production companies, two of which I've mentioned. Uh, One is Life, which I'll actually dive into a little bit deeper. Another one is H2V. As we move down the value chain towards distribution, there's another company called HiSci Labs, uh, Green Hydrogen Logistics and Transport, so figuring out how to get the hydrogen that is produced to the various locations where it can be utilized, uh, whether that's a fueling station or whether that's um, some sort of industrial park that is, is leveraging the, the technology. And then finally down kind of towards the, the bottom end of the value chain are the practical applications. Uh, there's three companies that I've highlighted here. One is Hype, which is a hydrogen taxi fleet. So that is kind of the most practical B2, uh, B2C application I can think of. You know, it's, Imagine an Uber. Uh, but it's run uh, by a fleet of cars that uses hydrogen fuel cells. There's another one called Attaway, which is Autonomous Hydrogen Refueling Stations. So again, this is the infrastructure that needs to be put in place in order uh, to enable uh, kind of mass adoption of uh, hydrogen fuel cell cars. And then lastly, there's a company called ErgoSup, which is a decentralized energy solution uh, for B2B. So they help get... um, hydrogen uh, power uh, to various uh, places that they need it. So think of like a, uh, a massive data center that wants to have power backup through hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, they could help set up that infrastructure. Ironically, all of these companies uh, have an H in them, uh, except maybe, let's see, two of them, but LIFE is spelled L-H-Y-F-E, and Labs H-Y-S-I, so I don't know if you're sensing a trend here, uh, but the H in hydrogen is pretty important from a branding perspective. Perhaps most notable is LIFE, or should I say LIFE? Within the intricate network of the hydrogen economy, they are what you might call closest to the source. Ironically, their branding looks as though they are promoting premium bottled water. I guess they're only one oxygen atom away, so I can't really blame them. In short, they provide a building block solution for regional governments or industry players to implement clean hydrogen production with the aim of eliminating emissions from the entire value chain. They recently raised a 50 million euro round of funding to accelerate growth and development. Coincidentally, as I was preparing to launch Startup ROI way back in June or May, I did a series of Twitter threads on the hashtag FTGreen20, the French tag Green20, in which life was prominently featured. So I've got a breakdown of kind of their business model and and what they offer, and I've embedded that tweet in the web version of this article. So go ahead and take a look if you're interested. Hydrogenation station. As tends to be the case, there is only so much I can pack into this little newsletter of mine. The hydrogen economy's resurgence and greenification presents great opportunities in our fight against climate change. There appears to be a confluence of collective willpower, technological maturity, and public-private interest in transforming our energy supply. Green hydrogen is as good as any place to start. The top-down plan of attack seems to be appropriate, and it happens to align quite well with other objectives in the France 2030 plan – By creating a market for green hydrogen, we can decarbonize industry and apply the new know-how, infrastructure, and pricing model to develop further down the value chain. Green hydrogen has the potential to transform aviation, which I will cover in an upcoming essay, home heating and off-grid electrification. Macron is promising two gigafactories to be in production on French soil within the decade. If you're unfamiliar with the term, perhaps Elon Musk and Leo DiCaprio can enlighten you. I have linked to a YouTube video Uh, But for those of you listening here and have no intention of going to that YouTube video, uh, basically, Elon Musk walks around a Gigafactory with Leo DiCaprio, who over and over says, cool, nice robots. But anyway, Gigafactories are absolutely massive. I even put a graphic in here. I think it's about like two and a half times longer uh, than the Eiffel Tower is tall. Uh, I mean, they're just absolutely enormous facilities. It can, you know, output a a, a ton uh, of of power or whatever you're producing. So in Elon Musk's case, it's batteries for the Tesla. There are still major innovations across the supply chain that need to be accelerated, but within the next decade, and even more so by mid-century, we should have a fairly comprehensive ecosystem for green hydrogen. That's it. Uh, just to follow up here, I'm neither a chemist nor a mechanical engineer, but I did watch a lot of YouTube videos and read a few white papers prior to publishing this. So... If today's essay encourages you to learn more about green hydrogen, or if it made absolutely no sense, and you definitely need additional clarity, you can check some of the links that I've attached in the web version of this essay. Uh, There's beautiful graphics, there's lots of YouTube videos, a lot of science nerd stuff. So uh, if that's up your alley, highly recommend you take a look at that. Otherwise, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Really happy to have you here. And I will be back next week with my next installment of Startup ROI. Thanks again. Welcome to Startup ROI, where we explore global technology trends and how they manifest themselves in France. Whether you're an entrepreneur, investor, or a tech enthusiast, I'm glad to have you here. If you are a startup interested in being featured or a VC interested in collaborating, please reach out to me directly. My email is bonjour, that's B-O-N-J-O-U-R, at startup-roi.com.